Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter, where you can go for all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion, analysis, all that good stuff. we got tons of things up on the interwebs to this week, some recruiting profiles, some analysis, some previews going in Wisconsin, number 15 going up against number 12, Michigan, and we'll have more of those articles coming up. We'll talk a little bit about the Badgers maybe at the end of the show. But first and foremost, like we've always talked about the past couple weeks, the Milwaukee Brewers. Last time we talked with this guest, with our guest, my tall adult son, Kurt Hogue from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JS Online. Uh, you know, Kurt, we got you back on. We were talking about the Milwaukee Brewers and the Colorado Rockies and NLDS and who would, you know, how many games and whatnot and Milwaukee. And the Polish rifle Scott, Scott Wisniewski is with us, by the way, as well. Of course, I can't forget about my Scotty. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers swept the Colorado Rockies, and now they're uh, taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. What did you think about that? You know, think about that series and the fact that they took it in three games. Yeah, well, did we call that, or did we say they were taking it in four? I feel like we were pretty confident on on this here podcast yeah, last week. We, we 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 said I think Scotty and I said five. Scotty, am okay. I right with with our? Yeah, I think Scotty said five. I said five, and then I, you had four. You said four. Okay. I remember that. We weren't quite on sweep territory. Well, um, I, it, was, it was quite it was a good series. I mean, it, they dominated them in that game three, and they won a couple of close ones in game one and two. And um, you know, if they could pitch like that going forward, I think it's this is probably an oversimplification. Or yeah, I'm probably being captain obvious, but if they can pitch like that, I, they're not going to lose. I, I said it, I was saying I think they pitched really well and uh, I thought Craig Council, who I've been critical of at times the way he's used his bullpen, uh, I thought he managed a perfect series. But as we talk about, I guess I, I have a question. Your opinion: How much stock do you put in run differential when people are talking about elite teams or teams that are upper level teams? That's a good question. Um, I think. I think you have to be careful with overstating run differential. I think there's there's definitely certainly something there, but uh, even over the course of an of 162 games, there you can have a, a very good team that maybe isn't quite as reflective in their run differential, or you mm-hmm. could have a team, you know, maybe like the Washington Nationals this year that their run differential is is you know substantial and would tell you they're a playoff team, but you know, they, they really weren't, they never were a playoff team. So I think you can get too caught up in it, but although I will say it's something that I, I do uh, look at very often, but you have a team like the Brewers, for instance, which is built in a way to, uh, to outplay their, their Pythagorean record, which is, uh, you know, based off the run differential because they have the back end of the bullpen and they're going to win more close games than they lose. And then the Dodgers were also kind of in that boat this year. Sure. Sure. And, I, Cause I guess the, the bigger picture on this is, how good do you feel this Dodger team is? Now, they've had, uh, to be fair and not to make excuses for the Dodgers, they've had their fair share of injuries throughout the rotation at different points during the year. Turner missed a lot of the early part of the season. It, it feels like they're healthy now. And as a as a observer, as somebody who, who I feel like I'm a pretty good student of baseball, and deep down at the, my core, I'm a Brewer fan, I'm a little bit worried about this Dodger team. Yeah, I, I would I, I would agree with that. I think they're, if not the best team, they're the most complete team in the National League. We we thought that going in, and you know you mentioned those injuries, and they just they were just 
flat out, you know, not good for about a month and a half of the season. And they kind of got it going over the middle of the summer and then um, finished hot as well. And, and they ended up with what, I believe 91, 92 wins. So um, they're probably a better team than that record indicates. They're, they're, the starting pitching is there. Uh, the bullpen is a little bit of a question, but they have some pieces um, to, to, to make it a, a threat in the back end of games. And their lineup is obviously, you know, they have the best offense in the National League. So anytime you have, you can go with Kershaw, Bueller, Hill, Right, Ryu. Um, sorry, um, and then you have the best offense in the league. Yeah, you're probably either the best team or the most complete team in the league. However, you want to phrase it, they're good. And if for the Brewers, all right, here's the question: If for you know last series, maybe it was Eric Kratz that became kind of the star, the you know every, that everyone loved, uh, especially being mic'd up for that last game and seeing the uh, the emotion and, and and whatnot and hearing what he had to say uh, on cable TV on the MLB network. But let me ask you, though, Kurt, like, is who's the one brewer in Europe? Obviously, I mean, outside of Yelich or Kane or Braun, uh, is there a particular brewer that you feel is going to shine in this series that maybe fans wouldn't think he would? So this, so the, the Unieski Betancourt Award for – uh, for yes, random, the randomly good playoff performance, the UniB award, um, or the T plus one game in the NLDS in 2011. Yeah. He was very bad at that series, except for like he had two hits, and I'm <laughs> one of them very well, um, if I'm remembering that correctly. But if I had to pick, I was I was talking about this with someone else. Uh, for my pick for this series is, and you know this goes against my brand a little bit, is my pick is going to be Hernan Perez. The Ooh. utility infielder. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I, th- I think he's he's limited as a hitter in terms of just the fact that he doesn't take a lot of walks. Uh, he strikes or not strikes. He doesn't hit for a bunch of power, uh, plate discipline. You know, all those things. That's that's. Uh, I'm well on record as as being aware of his shortcomings, but for some reason I get that feeling, and I don't know what it is, but the maybe it's the Dodgers pitching lefties in this series. Um, which means he'll likely play, or I just don't know what it is, or maybe Jonathan Scope won't be playing, but I think he'll get the playing time, and I just I just have a feeling about him. He's This is going to be the Aaron Perez. He's going to have a game. He's going to have a game in there that is just crazy. Well, so I, I love the pick, by the so way. Are there, I are there any that. surprises? <laughs> uh, so everybody was talking prior to today. Well, it's probably going to be Chasheen, and you're going to try to get three starts out of him. Um, and then we, we get the rotation, at least for the first three games. It's Gonzalez, who I, I like, and he's had some good games against the Dodgers over his career. Then Miley, and then you don't see Shasheen until game three. Some of it is because they said ground ball ratio, mm-hmm. one of the lower ones on the team, yada, yada, yada. But were you shocked to see the rotation shape up this way? Shocked? Maybe not. I don't know if you. I don't know if I'm really shocked by anything this team does right now after they trotted out a bullpen game uh, to open the playoffs. but. Surprise, definitely, yeah. I think, I think most people expected Shasin or maybe even a bullpen game to start the series, but uh, I think the Brewers are kind of doing what they, kind of what they did with the Rockies, but reversed a little bit um, in terms of they wanted to open up with a bullpen game and throw a bunch of right-handed arms at them because the Rockies mash against left-handed pitching, um, and the Dodgers mash more against right-handed pitching. They got a lot of good lefty bats, and so you try to neutralize that by maybe taking Muncy Peterson out of that lineup by throwing Geo and then Wade Miley at Miller Park and then um, rolling with Shasin in game three. I'm, I'm, that's 
that's what comes to my mind at least. Well, Kurt, let me give you let me ask you then. Predictions for for this series. Who do you have and how many games? Um my mind my mind says Dodgers, but my gut my gut, Jake, is what I'm going to trust here. And there's something about this Brewers team that tells me that they it does not matter who they're playing at all. Uh, and so I'm going to go with Brewers in seven. They're gonna they're gonna bring it home at Miller Park. Ooh, Scotty, what about you? Uh, unfortunately, I am feeling like this is the Dodgers in six. Ooh, just with uh, anything that really pops out to you when it comes to that, like it. I, I just I, I just don't like I don't like the matchups. I I'm hopeful that the Brewers don't toast their bullpen early in in the series and I feel like there's going to be a couple games where they're just going to Dodgers are going to rake and it's going to be it's going to be tough and I like the Dodgers pitching staff and you know I really want to be wrong about this and lord knows I've been wrong about a lot of things on this show in the last 7 years so this very well could be one of them. But right now, if I if somebody gunned ahead, money in pocket, I had to lay down a bet. I'm I'm saying Dodgers in six. I was gonna go Brewers in five just to be a homer, but I'll I'll actually go Brewers in seven. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right, <laughs> yeah, all right. It's been a great show, guys. No, uh, but uh, it yeah, uh, I'll say Brewers in seven. Uh, I I I'm with Kurt that they're, yeah they're having that kind of a gut feeling. I think that they could make something happen here, and it should be. I think. Yeah, I mean, it'd be amazing if this does happen. I just there's something about the team uh, and, and the the motion and the t- and just the the groove that they're in right now. Uh, we'll obviously what ha- see what happens after having a a five day layoff after winning in Colorado. But uh, this this team is special, and I think they take it home. So uh, and they take take the pennant and they they face. I know, okay, here bonus question, real quick, Kurt, before we let you go, who takes it in the American League? Oh man, uh, I'm gonna go Astros again. Um, it's well, it's tough to say this, but say a team that won 108 games is not the more complete team. But I think the Astros are built a little better for a playoff series. They're pretty good. Scotty, what about you? I, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I think. I think Boston wins that one in seven, and I, I'd feel a little bit better about the Brewers if uh, Atlanta had stretched that series to five. And Kershaw would have got burned up a little bit uh, later in that series and maybe pitching game two yeah. or game three in this one. Um, and I know they beat Kershaw earlier this year, but I, I was hoping for Atlanta to stretch that series and we didn't get it. So first they steal our oh. franchise. and then they let us down. So I'll go Nice. Uh, I'll, I'll go Red Sox uh, in that one and, and say, uh, no, I'll go seven in that one. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Kurt, hopefully, uh, we have you back on. I know you got to get going to do some uh, some high school reporting, right? If I'm not mistaken, for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and uh, we thank you for yeah. Your... Always at the football games. Who, 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 who you got tonight? We got a new Berlin Eisenhower in Shorewood. Oh, excellent! Shorewood Mesmer. Sorry, the Fighting Nikes. Yes, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, thank you for your time again, my good man. We'll let you be, uh, and as, well, hopefully, uh, we'll have you back on talking some more good news. Uh, come up in a couple of weeks with a potential Milwaukee Brewers World Series berth. Uh, and uh, we'd love to have you back on, brother. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me again. Uh, my parting words are going to revolve around, I think the entire city is worried about facing David Fries in an NLCS. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you had to say it. Oh, that hurts. Memories. 
bad memories. Anyway, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> be, be well, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks for having me again, guys. Talk to you later. We'll see you, man. That was Kurt Hogue from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel JS online. Of course, follow him on Twitter at uh, C-Y-R-T-H-O-G-G on the Twitter once again. Yeah. And Scotty, it's been, uh, we talked some brewers. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to the, to the baseball talk uh, after what we talked with Kurt about. No, no, no. We'll we'll get into more of it as the series unfolds when we meet next week. If we stick to our, our schedule, we'll be uh, through, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Monday, two. We'll be through five games of the series, setting up for a clinching weekend for one or the other team. So uh, we'll definitely have a lot to go over then. Uh, but let me ask you this, because I don't want to get too into Packers. We don't have a lot of time, and I do want to talk about that Michigan-Badger uh, game coming up. I was at the game live in Detroit. Oof, um, the I referee missed the call, and the kicker and the kicker was terrible. Let me just say this, and then I'm going to ask you a question. The, uh, when have you ever seen a game where a team out another team five twenty six to two sixty and loses? Um, I will say not by that margin, but I did see a Nebraska squad outgain Purdue by about uh, fifty to sixty yards and still lose by two touchdowns. And that was a couple of weeks ago. That was Nebraska so, Purdue. It's possible, but by that margin, it, no. It rarely, it rarely happens in the NFL. And there's a point that I'm making to this. So hopefully they figure out the kicking me- mechanics because I don't think it's all on Crosby. I'm not going to give him a free pass, but they've been having problems with that long snapper position since camp. And but whatever, that's all part of it. They got to fix it, right? The referee blew the call on that. Yep, got to fix the operation, Yep, folks. and then the fumble call uh, that they called off a of king that was clearly off a Detroit player. That being said, oh, what was, ifs don't... That was terrible. Like, how, you go to review. Like, how how can't you get that well, right? The, the, like, I, I, do you really think, oh, well, it's part of the glove. Like, nah, man, like, this, that hit the forearm. This is just, why replay in both baseball and football are a joke. Because we should... People will sit there and say, no, the game's so much better because of replay. Even, you know, Brian Kinney, when he talks about baseball, oh, baseball's so much better because of replay because they get some of these right. They should get it all right. Am, am I correct? Like, there shouldn't be more. Yeah. yeah, no, that's why you have replay. Any, anything that's incorrect, don't throw out the umpire's egos, throw out the ref's egos and overruling them. If you just can't ref or you can't ump anymore right. – Sorry, man. Like it's your life. I know you may be a great guy, but just there's, there's a point where your job where you're just right. you're not doing it. And if if people have to correct you routinely, well, it, it says something. You can't just go by. You you can't have uh you know, I, yeah. You just can't have people. Oh well, you know this is going to be upheld yeah. for now, but so it's my, not right. My point if is, it, you have my point is they should have won this game, and my point is they should have beat Minnesota. And I know should have doesn't yes. matter, but this team should be now. I am not as pushing the panic button as a lot of Packer fans I hear on the radio here in Milwaukee because they of where they should be now. I will say this, because they lost two games against uh, that they should have won, right? They've really taken away their margin of error if they want to be a 10-win team. They're, they're going to have to you know, maybe beat New England in New England. I don't think they're going to beat Los Angeles in Los Angeles. But they're gonna they might have to go to Minnesota and win no. a game in Minnesota. They're gonna have to figure out a way to to not lose more than three games now the rest of the way. So they've they hurt themselves because they let games like this one 
and the Minnesota one slip away. But that being said, the defense has been better. I know it's still not great, and I don't care that they're ranked eighth in the league. Those stats don't mean anything. I don't think they're a top 10 defense yet, but they're definitely a top half defense. Okay? So that's better, right? I'm not worried about the like Rodgers, right. if he can get through this game and then has the bye, I think you're going to see him pretty close to healthy by the time they go to L.A. All these other dinged-up players should, again, we, I feel like we say this every year about the Packers and injuries, right? But they should be relatively healthy when they get out of this bye week. I'm not concerned that this is still a good team. I am concerned, though, if I'm Mike McCarthy, that if you don't make the playoffs, you're probably gone. And I know we've been having this. I feel like we've yeah. talked about this for the last couple, two, three years maybe. But I don't think this time he doesn't have Ted Thompson there to protect him anymore. Um, you have a GM who's probably looking to bring in his own, own guy. Russ Ball and uh, Mike McCarthy, from all accounts, aren't the best of friends. And he's part of this brain trust. Andrew, you've got only a few years left, maybe five, six years left as a franchise quarterback. And that window's closing. So we'll talk later in the year because the question, I had this conversation on the way back to Detroit with Rick and Lane, is who do you bring in? We'll save that for another show. Saying is, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, Mike McCarthy's yeah. gone. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I I think it's even maybe even above that where I think it has to, has to at least get to the, not not the wild card round, but the divisional. Uh, that's just, I, I would take that one step further. I mean, the fact that you bring it in the defense, you know, you know giving up what, you said 256 yards? Uh, you know, which is solid. And I mean, you're seeing the strides that that defense can make, but yeah, I mean, in that game, I mean, with Mason Crosby, I mean, remember when back before we joined Bucky's fifth quarter, we talked to Mason Crosby, you know, and one of the first questions we asked was like, well, how do you work through this? And I mean, he answered them right away. And, you know, he come came back and had a breakout year the, the year after, and he's been solid ever since that season. And it's, I mean, obviously it's not, like I said, it's not just all on the long snapper. It's the entire operation, but, but yeah, it's a game that they found a way to lose, and a lot of it was attributed to special teams. Where even though even if the fumble, it should have been ruled Packers ball, uh, but you know it didn't, and and that you know is uh, would technically be a special teams problem. So we'll see what they do. Uh, obviously, well, yeah, Monday night yeah, against San Francisco, and it changes the game obviously because that quick change, short field touchdown. If that doesn't happen, who knows what happens? But here's one other thing I wanted to point out. Okay. And and again, this might be nitpicky. I don't want I don't want to come across as this, but it might be nitpicky. I am pretty sick and tired of the Packers deferring every time they win the toss. And my point is, if they get the ball first and they score and they ram it down their throats, they change the momentum. Washington, a couple weeks ago, Washington is a decidedly different team when they're playing from behind. You give them the ball first, they score first, pretty much game over. Right now, you can make the argument, well, you defer and then you get the ball to start the second half. But they came out flat in the second half because they were still licking their wounds from being down by two, two touchdowns. See what I mean? Like, take the ball and score. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to you don't have to take the ball every time, but you sure the hell shouldn't defer every time. Like, it's again, it's the whole knock on Mike McCarthy. Predictable Mike. Oh, they want to toss. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to defer. It's 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 become old hat. And again, we aren't coaches. I will never pretend to be smarter, smarter than any defensive coordinator in, in the NFL. And I can call most of the, at least what kind of play it's going to be based on 
the situation of the game and how the team is lined up. If I can figure that out, you don't think defensive coordinators who are way smarter than me can figure it out? It's going to be, yeah, we'll see what they can come up with. And I know there's been a lot of discussion on sports radio or even national just talking about Mike McCarthy. I don't know, it's most, but mostly I think local media, but it's uh, you're just talking about the, the new stuff with you know Sean McVay in Los Angeles, what they're doing in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, uh, newer age offenses right. that maybe, right. you know, that have that kind of a new age feel to it, but, you know, compared to McCarthy's look and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that might be one thing that attract, you know, even Chicago, what they're doing, uh, doing with, uh, you know, with Nagy down there, but it's, right. we'll see, we'll see what comes of it. And we'll see what, I mean, and that's another thing too, I guess McCarthy brought back well, Joe Philbin, who I was obviously an architect of some of those great offenses back in the, the earlier this decade before going to Miami, but I mean, times do change, and you have to update your your offenses. Listen, the game evolves. The game of the game evolves so much that Dom Capers was no longer a capable coach. This is a guy that was a defensive genius for most of his yep. career, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I will never besmirch the career of Dom Capers, other than to say that his last four years in Green Bay were abysmal. The game changed. He didn't. The game changed from. Um, from Bill Walsh and his offense. And yeah, there's been hybrids of the West Coast offense, but it changed and it evolved because for every change, eventually the defense catches up and then you have to change again. And you have to change again. You have to always be changing. And sometimes you get so set in your ways because let's face it. And I know he's had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but Mike McCarthy's record, regular season record, proves him out to be a successful coach. Sometimes you start believing your success a little too much. Mm-hmm. You start leaning on that. You start using that as as your your your, your the flag that you want to wave and and plant on a hill somewhere. Look, I'm. A, he said last year, I'm a highly successful NFL coach. You know what? When you say stuff like that, you're basically the message you're giving is my way is the right way, and I'm not going to change. Well, that is causing problems with this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but no, it's been. I guess I, yeah, it's gonna be something to watch, and and obviously they can write start writing the ship against San Francisco again, uh, and and just obviously they need to win that one before then having a tougher set, of, you know, tougher schedule down the road. So uh, let's let's transition over to talk some Packers or not Packers, but Badgers. Uh, another it's another nighttime game, the fourth in six contests for Wisconsin this year already. Uh, they which it will be at six thirty p.m. on ABC. College ESPN college game. Hey, Jake. Yeah, what's up? Here's the thing. As worried as I am about the Dodgers against the Brewers, I'm scared of this Michigan Badger game. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because I know the Badgers had the bad loss to BYU, right? right? Aside from that, I thought the win against Iowa on the road is a quality win. Absolutely. I don't care what anybody else says. And and by and large, they handle their business against Nebraska. So I don't know why I'm as worried about Michigan as I am. And maybe you can shed some light on it, but this game worries me. Yeah, it should worry you. First off, talking defensively, or defensively, they gave up over 500 yards to Nebraska last week. Now, granted, they were up 24 at one point in the third quarter. So part of me, that's where you start thinking garbage time talk. But it's also, I mean, they're also playing against a really, a kid, 
true freshman quarterback that was playing backyard football like it was on Thanksgiving where running around and making throws and the receivers are getting open after being covered for a while. However, um, it two things with Michigan uh, before I get into the injury report with Wisconsin. Their defense is elite, and there's no other way to say it. They are the best in total defense, giving up just about 230-some-odd yards a game. First in the nation, not Big Ten, but in the nation in passing yards allowed, like 135, 134 yards per game. Defensively in the rush game, Wisconsin averages 287 yards. Michigan only allows 96.5. Again, a top 10 Mm -hmm. mark nationally. And then Michigan only gives up less than 16 points per contest as well. Uh, Wisconsin comes into the game 30, uh, about 32, 33 points per game. And then on the flip side, so and on top of that, I mean, that defensive line, that front seven is stout. Now, our friends at Mason Brew, the SB Nation site that covers Michigan, noted that the interior defensive line, there's been some injuries and whatnot. So if they can rush up the middle, uh, that could be something. However, I don't know if you can see how many fullback dives are, are possible that you can run that can be successful before they start holding it up. But offensively, Shea Patterson has done a lot with that Michigan offense. They're averaging over 38 points per game. They're balanced where they're rushing for almost 200. They're passing for about 220. Patterson gives you just enough of a dual threat look. He's mostly a pocket passer. You see the yardage, but he does have that mobility to give you problems. And when you go into the big environment like the big house uh, and who they have that, you know, and who just the atmosphere and Michigan's still in contention. They're still undefeated in the big 10 right now. Uh, so it, it's going to be something to watch uh, with this. And, and the third part is the injuries on Wisconsin's defense. And that's what, that's what's scary there where for, for Badger fans and for the team, really Isaiah Loudermilk was just ruled out in the injury report that was released today. So, Essentially, what's uh, what's happening now is, um, you know, you have a two true freshmen probably starting there, Matt Henningsen and Caden Lyles, uh, and then um, the cornerbacks are still questionable as well. Too, uh, two of the start the co-starters, Caesar Williams and Deron Harrell. Deron Harrell had a head or upper body injury against Nebraska, did not return. Caesar Williams did not play at all. And so you're going to opposite Fion Hicks, who, by the way, has like a torn ligament in his thumb. You're looking at the fact that it is you're dealing with really a true freshman having to step up at one point in that game against Nebraska. You had true freshman Rashad Wild Goose, Dante Burton, and, you know, as the corners, you had Ethan Cohn as a slot guy. He's a true sophomore. And then you had backup redshirt sophomore safeties, Eric Burrell, and Seth Curran's in at one point because Dakota Dixon hopped off the field uh, limping, and he should play. But you have that. Uh, I mean, and the reason why Burrell was out there is simply because of the fact that Scott Nelson was ejected for targeting. So the secondary is depleted with injuries, and they're going to miss Nelson in that first half against uh, against Michigan. Now, I think Rashad Wild Goose actually, I think, is going to be a really good cornerback. He's extremely confident. We'll have an article up on Bucky's fifth quarter, hopefully tomorrow or early Saturday, about this confidence and where he gets it from. And But he could play a very vital role. And Jim Leonard likes him. Defensive coordinator likes him. He likes the way he's practiced the past three weeks. And I think he could. there's a potential for him to hold up now uh, if Harold and Williams can't go. But that's a big test. And, I mean, and I, I think Michigan 
there's a potential that they could run away with the game. I'm saying 24-17 because I think Wisconsin rises up and, and tries to fight that. I mean, they know that any talk of college football playoff ends with a loss there. And then on top of that, they'd fall back with Iowa as a tie. Uh, if Iowa doesn't, I don't, uh, Iowa plays uh, this weekend. Uh, but they, I mean, they'd fall back into a statistical tie with the Hawkeyes. Who's Jake, you know, basically that's the big contention this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is Iowa in that big 10 West. So, I mean, they, they have to win, Jake, but I, here's I don't, the thing. could get out I, of hand really early. I think the, the Badgers for me, and again, they don't owe anything to anybody, but for me, what they owe me as a fan is I feel like if they get boat raced in this game, they're a four or five loss team going into the, the, the bowl game. And I say four or five, five is if they get to the big 10 championship and lose to whoever that is. And here's what I'm saying. Okay. Here's why I say that if they lose this game, I have a feeling I'll have them losing uh, at Penn state. Okay. And then somewhere along the line, uh, I feel they could get tripped up. You know, maybe Northwestern gets them, right? Um, so that's four losses. And then if they still are able to get to the Big Ten championship game and they play either Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State, I won't have any belief that they can beat those teams if they go 0-2 against Michigan and Penn State. You see what you see where I'm going with this? Um, so so I, I feel like this, this team right, with, yeah. with this defense that was supposed to be outstanding, and I know they've been battling injuries, and I get that. But I feel like this, all this, this, this hope and all this uh, uh, talk about them being a national title contender and Lee Corso even picking them to win it all could go up in smoke after this week's game, and again could end up being a a, a, a team that finishes eight and five going into the bowl game or eight and four if they don't get to that that eight game in Indianapolis. And yeah, you'll get a decent game, and the program's still in fine hands. So. Please don't understand. This isn't a long-term indictment of the team, but this year it's another one of those few. It reminds me of the year they got Colorado on opening night, and that was a team everybody was talking about, a top-five team, and they disappointed. I, I think there was a lot of hype for this team, and, and let's be honest, even the games they've won this year, they really haven't lived up to that hype. Yeah, the wins against Western Kentucky and New Mexico were comfortable but not dominant, and that's a great verbiage that you heard from one Andrew Rosin on our website. You know, you felt that. I I, I feel that's the case. Uh, obviously, BYU, we still are trying to figure out what happened. We know how it happened, why it got to the how we're still figuring out. Um, and But, you know, the road win against Iowa was big uh, for the program, I think, for this season, obviously. And then Nebraska, uh, it, you know – they they showed they flexed their muscles offensively. They did a great job in the first half. They let up somehow, and they, they, I mean, you know, Jim Leonard talked about it yesterday. Just how giving up that many yards is not good, obviously, and then just working with the DBs on their eyes and and, and other things too. So uh, we can get into that into later discussion. But it this team, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype, and that's due to really just, I mean. They get that recognition. They're one drive away last year from going to the you know college football playoff, mm-hmm. and but it's it's just you had to regret. And I'm not saying regression to the mean, but you replace seven starters, seven key starters from last year on a defense of a unit that was top five, top ten in a lot of categories, brother. You're gonna, I mean, there was gonna be some drop off. Well, and but, you know, the first programs, two games kind of gave a false. All good programs lose people, Jake. I mean, that that's oh no, I mean that's that's fair. 
Yeah, that's completely fair. I mean, that's true. It's just with, you know, Wisconsin is Wisconsin at the same point that Alabama or Ohio State, uh, you know, Clemson for well, that matter are, are, are up there where they can just, we can just realize. No, I mean, it, it's going to be some growing pains and they lost some significant members on, uh, and there's some, you know, on that defensive line. I've talked about it ad nauseum about Chikwe Obashi, Alec James, Connor Sheehy, yeah, all from the Milwaukee here, area. Here's, uh, here's, here's the thing. I don't want them to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. I'm not that guy. But I want them to be, you know, I want them to be Michigan. I want them to be that 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 second tier after the top five, right? I want them to be able to reload that way. Here's the other thing you got to look at. And again, we can play look ahead all we want. But if you look at Iowa's remaining schedule, they don't play Michigan. They don't play Ohio State. They have Penn State. That's a, probably a loss for them. Other than that, they're at Indiana. They're home for Maryland. They're at Purdue. They're home for Northwestern, which would be their toughest test other than Penn State, right? Then Illinois and Nebraska. They're, they're, they're on the road. They're... They're on the road for uh, for Northwestern. They're at Ryan Field this year. That's uh, 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 not what I'm looking at. But irregardless, uh, the Badgers. I'm, I'm talking about Iowa. Talk about Iowa here. Um, oh, Iowa. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. So sorry. I'm looking at Iowa's schedule, and their toughest game is Penn State. So let's say they run the table right, except absolutely. for Penn State. That's two. Com- the Badgers have to then be very careful and make sure they don't lose to anybody else other than Michigan and Penn state and not trip up against Northwestern on the road. See what I'm saying? Like, like they're putting themselves right. in- or, or even Purdue with, with, with Purdue with that, that gadget offense, huh? I could just see And they have that true freshman Rondale Moore that is a, you know, first year player and he's just running left and right over people. In the and receiving I'm actually, game I'm and, actually and going to that game, hands. believe it or not. I'm trying to get tick. I, I can get tickets. The Purdue game? Yeah. I can get tickets for 12 bucks in the third row of the end zone right now. So I'm thinking about doing nice, that. but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, no, I plan on being, a, I plan on uh, making it and covering it for that game. I won't be in Michigan because I just can't do the six hour drive and pay 60 bucks for a media pass, but that's a different story uh, for a parking pass, I should say. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I was going to say my prediction right now, it's 24, 17 Michigan. Uh, I guess there's a potential for it to get much, much worse. If the defense, if the secondary can't get one, if the secondary can't get home with that pass rush, Andrew Van Ginkle is questionable as well, along with Williams and Harrell. Uh, if all three can play, my I feel more confident, but that secondary still is really young and going up against a guy like Donovan Peoples, Jake, uh, Jake, or yeah, Joe, uh, People Jones, I should say, uh, who had, I mean, there's a lot of good things with that passing game. Uh, and so we'll see how. I mean, the, and the tight end matchups are going to be very rough for Wisconsin, for Wisconsin as well. So yeah. uh, it could get out of hand very quickly, especially you know. But then again, um, who knows? Yeah, uh, you, but yeah, I think it note, will. Yeah, I, I think it will. But I'm going to go go conservative and say 31-13 Michigan. But I, I my gut tells me it's going to be worse than that. Yeah, that, oh. yeah, and that's already a big feat. That's already a big amount for the 17 point deficit right there. So we'll, we'll see what this team's made and, of. And, and uh, I have, have a chance. Ch- ch- Was that? Yeah. And I, I, I got to sit there and watch that. Sitting Harbaugh. God, man, I can't stand that guy. I just can't stand Jim Harbaugh. But anyway, whatever it is, what it is. He's such a, he's such a phony man. Jim, Jim Harbaugh, man, we could do a whole show about what a phony Jim Harbaugh is. He's just such a fraud. It's bad. It's bad enough to lose. It's it's worse when you lose to somebody you strongly dislike. But I digress. 
Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up, brother? Mm, nah. Nah? All right. Uh, we uh, thank you guys for listening uh, for another edition of hey, the Colossal King Sports. Go Badgers. Yeah, let's, let's hope for the upset. But if I have to pick one, don't be mad at me because I know you're the Badger guy. But if I have to pick a Brewers NLCS win or a Badger win at Michigan, I'm going Brewers, man. Can't blame me there, Scotty. For the Polish Rifle, Scott Wisniewski, this is Jake Kokorowski. Guys, tune in next week for another edition of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at KielbasaKingsWI, at Scott Wisniewski, to me at JKokoB5Q. Of course, follow Buckus with Quarter at B5Q as well. Subscribe on iTunes. That doesn't cost you a thing, though. Same with Google Play. And we'll catch you guys next week once again. Dozo Pachenia, my friends. Enjoy another great Wisconsin sports weekend.